Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. Well, good morning, Journey. How's everybody doing today? Doing good? So before we dive into this brand new, my new favorite series, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to welcome our Sherwood campus in right now and online. And honestly, um, it's great seeing you guys here. It's been a great week. Uh, It is packed in this place. And I just got a text message that they're already pulling all kinds of chairs out over there. So man, it's it's just a great day. And I'm excited about this. Let me tell you why I'm excited. I believe we're about to embark on one of the coolest journeys that a faith community could ever get on. And it's this, it's when we figure out our God's design purpose for our lives that God has definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, given everybody in this room spiritual gifts or, 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 or talents that he wants to use for his kingdom to build this kingdom up to make his name famous in our community. And, and it was real apparent um, this past, uh, yesterday actually, um, because I had an opportunity to do something. And, and, and one of the things that I've learned is everything in life seems to have a purpose. It, it, I'll throw out a couple. Like a train, what's the purpose of a train? This isn't a trick question. Like some of you are like, ah, it's to, get, it's to get people from point A to point, or cargo. If there's a, a supply, you know, we're, we're hearing all this about supply chain issues and all that. Well, it's because some of the trains aren't working. Uh, airplane, what's the purpose of an airplane? Transport, um, how about what's the, the purpose of, 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 of dominoes? Well, we don't know that one either, so <laughs> it's to get cardboard there quick. Um, yesterday, I had opportunity um, my daughter and my son-in-law, Austin and Lindsay, Lindsay was just up here. They had this big tree. They moved in this new house and they had this big tree. And um, they asked me because like, I have never felt more manly on stage than right now. Just, just gotta be honest with you. Um, and uh, they asked if I would cut it down. And it's interesting because the last time I pulled my chainsaw out was we were cutting some trees down on our new place up in Appling. And so I had it out, but it's been sitting there kind of idle for the last, I don't know, year, year and a half. And I, here's the interesting thing, and this, was a, this is just the way God speaks to me sometimes. The, the chainsaw has a function, right? It had a function, but it wasn't, it wasn't reaching its potential because it was just sitting there idle. Uh, in, in our lives, a lot of times we have a function, but we, we just sit there idle. And, 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 and the chainsaw doesn't need wood or a tree to, to tell the chainsaw that you have a function, but it does need the tree or wood to show that it has a purpose, And so in our lives, we're constantly trying to figure out what our function is and our purpose. That passage that that Caleb uh, read in uh, Ephesians chapter two, it says, for we are his workmanship. We're created in Christ, uh, in Christ Jesus to do good works, right? Which God has prepared before that we should walk in them. And in that passage right there is those three things. It's who we're made by, what our function is, and what our purpose is. And so over the next five weeks, that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at it today, who we're designed by. And over the next four weeks after that, what is our purpose? What is our function? What are we supposed to do? Now, before we go any further, I wouldn't, you would have to check my man card in if I didn't do this on stage, right? Like if I didn't somehow know, sorry. Yes. I had some, y'all can clap. That's awesome. I had a guy come up to me between services and he goes, uh, Pastor Bobby, uh, this is our first service and it won't be our last. And I was like, okay, why? And he goes, any pastor that pulls a chainsaw out on stage, I'm like, you got it. And, and if you stay around long enough, it'll be a turkey call or it'll be a fishing rod or a pair of golf clubs. And so it's just one of those anyway. So function, 
Now, what I want to do today is I just want to kind of bite-sized chunks of this idea that God has designed us, that every person in this room, just like you have a thumbprint, God has designed you with a purpose and a, and a function. So we're going to use lots of those words today. But the very first thing I want us all to get, here's the first bite-sized chunk that I want everybody to gather, that we need to understand, you need to understand, I need to understand, that we are a work in progress we're not a completed project. And so many times we think that we're a completed project. We are God's workmanship, meaning that there's still a process that, that today we're gonna work a little bit, uh, tomorrow we're gonna work a little bit more on it, the next day we're gonna work on a little bit more. And it's interesting because there's a word in the Bible that sometimes we don't understand and we don't use in church a lot anymore, but it's the word sanctified. And sanctified literally means a process of becoming more like Jesus. And that's our goal and our desire is to be sanctified. So we're a work in progress with a point and an ending that that we, we all want to get to. So it's interesting, when we look at that work in progress, some of the words that, that in different translations are pretty, pretty powerful. Workmanship in the ESV, NIV says this, handiwork. NLT, which is the New Living Translation, is masterpiece. I love that. We are God's masterpiece. Isn't that cool? Like, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God, and you are a masterpiece. The Good News Translation says, God has made us what we are. That's a really big, like a big scope, like a big, like, wow, God made me just the way I am. And that's something I want us all to understand today. God made you. And what you are today is because he made you that way. But he didn't stop there. We say this a lot at Journey, if you've been here any length of time. God loves you just the way you are. And everybody in this room will say what? Amen, right? How many people know God loves you just the way you are? Just the way, the way you walked into this place? But God loves you too much to leave you at that place too. That, that God wants us to progress and God wants us to change and become more like him on a daily basis. Um, it's, it's interesting. If you use the phone that Jesus used, um, the Apple um, the iPhone. Um, when I wake up in the morning, like this morning I woke up and if, if you have like automatic updates on, if you have on, so I wake up and, and as soon as my light comes on, I can tell that all the apps are automatically updating by, they go dim and then they start, you all, you all, you know what I'm talking about. You would only know this if you use the phone, like I said, that Jesus used. So, but how about like, did you ever see like a couple years ago, I was asked to be a, um, a, a part of a beta test for uh, a web, a website. And so they, they, they give you all kinds of criteria. They pay you a little bit of money or they give you, you know, some goods or something. So the one thing you know about a beta site is it's a work in progress. It's, it's, it's not a completed project. And they, they literally say, like, understand, you need to have the grace uh, that, that this is not finished. And so what they want you to do is every time you, you find something wrong, you just type them a nice email. Like, this is a pro we found this going on. This isn't good. Now, wouldn't that be cool if we did that with each other? that we understood there was grace required with each other and that, that we were all works in progress, that we haven't, let me let you in on a secret. And you guys may not know this. There is nobody in this room that's perfect. And there's nobody that's watching online that's perfect. And, and there's nobody that's, that's out in the atrium that's perfect. We are all a work in progress. And if we could just go through life understanding that, this world would be honestly a much better place. We're a work in progress. But there's a work in progress with a goal. And I love the way Romans says it. Romans chapter eight, verse 29. It says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined. We're not gonna get into a deep theological talk today about predestination. That's not the, the, the reason. It, but look at these next couple of words. To be conformed to the image of his son. That's why we're here. You heard Caleb talk about it. We were here, put here by our designer to glorify, to bring glory to him, to make his name, we say this all the time, to make his name famous in our community. And so that's the first thing I want us all to get that every one of us, as we move through these next five weeks, that we're all level playing field. 
Every one of us, and, and to just be honest with you, I can see some of you, you've been believers a long time. I know your story. That doesn't mean God stopped working with us either. And, and a lot of times what happens, and this is what I'm seeing in my own life, that as I get older, my gifts are changing. I, I don't think the gift, like I had them, but, but how I operate in those gifts have changed. Like, like when I was 17 or 18 or 19 or 20 years, I felt like I was a leader. I was the coach of a, a football team or a baseball team. As I get older, now I'm coaching people and, and, and everything. So in our lives, there may be a next step that every, well, we say it all the time at Journey, right? Everybody has a next step, even the pastor. So this series is about every one of us finding our next step. So that's the first bite. I want everybody to understand it. The second one is, and this is really important, our sense of worth, how much we're worth, sometimes the way we see it and other people see it, is found in understanding that we are his workmanship. So worthship and workmanship go hand in hand. How we see God and how we see God looking at us is a lot of times how we see ourselves. Now, I'm gonna ask you a question. How many people in the room, and I'm not gonna, there's no jokes today about this. Um, just all I'm asking today, how many people have children? How many people have children? All I ask is that you take them home today if you have them. Okay, that's the only thing I'm asking. Just to make sure you just take them home with you. Um, but so raise your hand again. I'm sorry, I didn't even look. I was so busy what I was gonna say. You, children, okay. So one of the things that I realized, and, and this is funny because I do a little bit of counseling around here. Um, a lot of times it's funny when I have a new couple that's getting ready to get married. They come in, they read the book, so they know everything about marriage. Like, like they know all the stories. No, you don't. <laughs> like you don't even know your first argument's gonna be the t- toilet paper roll. I mean, you don't even know that yet, right? And the second one's gonna be who squeezes where on the toothpaste. I mean, that, right? See, see, counseling this week. But, but so it's the same thing with parenting. I love it when I'm, I'm having a conversation with somebody and they're pregnant and they read the book, you know, the book, what to expect when you're expecting. They read the book. You know, that's the only book they've read. They've never had a kid. They don't know what labor's like. They don't know what raising kids are. And they, and honestly, like I'm telling you, raising kids gets harder as they get older. Like, so good luck. (laughs) Right. I don't know what to say. But, but, but here's it. When I was 19, 20, 21, 22, I got married when I was 24, I think, 24, 25. I knew everything about raising kids. I knew everything because I read the book. Now, since I've had kids, there's two things I've learned, okay? Probably 30 things, but let me give you two big ones. Here's the first one. Parenting in theory is a lot easier than parenting in practice. Amen, right? Okay, we're on the same ship. The other one is, I used to go the route, and some of you will know what exactly I'm talking about, like nurture or nature, nurture or nature. What, which one is it? And I used to think it was all about environment. So we're going to create an environment for our kids, and it's going to be, and what I found out that environment is, though it's important, it's not the only thing. That each one of our kids has come into this world with its own personality and its own set of characteristics and a certain, like even, so I, how many people have twins in the room? Anybody have twins? Oh, lots of twins. Awesome. So, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. They change personalities. Like the person, like like for a couple, first couple of years, Lindsay was one way and Courtney was another way, and then like three or four years into it, like, and I, like, oh man, I mean, just mass confessional. I can barely remember my kids' names when I'm upset. <laughs> Jimmy, Joe, Jimmy, 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 just get over. And then they would change personality, so I couldn't even figure out like which one is this. And so, what I've learned is, is God designed them that way. Did you hear me? God designed them that way. And, and God loves them just the way they are, even with all their little weird things they go through. And I was having a conversation with one of them just recently. And 
she's just kind of at a confusion, you know, place in her life right now. And we were talking and I just said to her, so baby, can I tell you something? I love you. I don't love you for what you're going to become. I don't love you, you know, because of who you, I love you just the way you are. And it was interesting because I had this long conversation and she hugged me and we cried together. And I said, like, I don't care if you ever, ever, ever do any of these things. Like, you're special to me. And I got in the car and I'm sitting in the car. And anybody ever have the Holy Spirit speak to them? Yeah. So I get this one. Do you believe what you said? And I said, yeah. No, no, no. Do you really believe what you said? Because that's what I want to say to you right now. I love you just the way you are with all your weirdness and your quirkiness. And then I start reading God's word and I understand it's all throughout the Bible. There's weird and quirky all through it, right? Dysfunction. I mean, it's, it's, it's everywhere there. And here's one of the problems a lot of us have is we're constantly wishing we were something else instead of what God created us to be. I don't want to show of hands on this, but I know there's people in this room that are for, I wish you were more like your brother. I wish you were more like your sister. I, I wish you would be like this, or I wish, I wish you, like, and, we, and a lot of us wish, like, we were the cool kid in school. Like, I wish that I was the, I wasn't the cool kid. I know it's hard to believe, but I, I wasn't the cool kid in school, and I wanted to be the cool kid in school. I wanted to be that person. And, and then we grow up, and we wish, we wish we had more money, or we were that person that may, may, makes a great living, and then we, we, we wish, wish, and then wish has a cousin, and it's comparison. And so we wish, and then we start to compare. And, and, and listen, I'm not going to, like, you've heard all the, you know, but everything in our world, every advertisement is really drawing us to compare ourselves to what's going on there. Women, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not trying to do any mansplaining or anything today. I'm not trying to make, you know, make right all the wrongs that men have done. But, like, I don't know how you do it. Because everything that's on TV has this image of a woman that really nobody can even compare to. And I don't know if you guys know this, it's airbrushed. Everything is airbrushed. Every, every, every magazine is airbrushed. I mean, they have, like, it's, it's amazing to me. And, and so we're raising this generation of young girls to think that that's what the status quo is. And we got to stop this. That's not what real women look like. That's, you know what, that, that, that's what a, a figment of your imagination looks like. And, and listen, before you go all, men go all, yeah, yeah, we do it too. Men are just as bad. Athletes. I, it still blows me away that as a man, I wear a jersey with some other dude's name on the back. I got three of them. Don't tell me. I literally put the jersey on at times and I go, like I have some kind of, I got four years of eligibility. Kramer, can I play for you? I got five, like, like I got, I got man skills. No, you know something, can I say something without anybody getting really like, like don't send bad emails. Guys, we want to be somewhere between Rip on Yellowstone <laughs> and, and the soft-hearted guy in the Hallmark Channel. We compare us like we want to be right here in the middle somehow or another. And let me tell you, it just doesn't work. It's unrealistic. I want to be Rip. I'm going to take some um, train station. We're going. <laughs> if you don't know what it is, that's my one sin <laughs> or shortcoming or whatever. Hey, even moms and dads, 
we were sitting there watching football not too long ago. Uh, had a couple friends over, and an uh, advertisement for a new show came on. It looked really good. It was about this perfect family. I can't remember the name. It was the perfect family, though. And I just kind of bla- I just blurted out. I was like, man, I wish I could have that family. He said, my, my buddy said, you could have that family. You hire some actors, <laughs> set up a soundstage. And I'm like, yes, because it's a figment of our imagination. It's not really there. And so when we start talking about this idea about your worth and your worthship, and that you're God's workmanship, we got to understand that God made us just the way we are, and we, we don't need to compare to somebody else. God, God, loves me. God loves me just the way I am. With all my quirkiness and all my struggles, which leads me to this next one. Let's just bite this one off for a couple minutes. God had you in mind before you were even created. God knew everything, every detail, everything about you. He, was, he knew you were going to be sitting right here. He knew your mistakes. He knew when you were going to make them. He knew how he was going to correct them. He knows all that stuff. That's who he is. And I want you to know this. I want everybody, you are different than every other person on the planet. And that's the way he wants you to be. He wants you just the way you are. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you a kind of, I'm going to peel back the, just the, the curtain for a minute. Psalms 139 is a passive scripture for the last, I don't know, eight or 10 years that I have meditated on. I'm not trying to be super spiritual, but I I land in this passage more because I have over the years struggled with some of the things that I carry. I I, I struggle with sometimes anxiety. I've I've been pretty open about anxiety and and I've been pretty open about, you know, fear accompanies anxiety and all that kind of stuff. And there's just a lot of quirks. My my wife used to say, I think it's getting better or, or maybe they've grown up. She used to say that my issues have babies. And so maybe the babies are just growing up and I don't have any babies anymore, but it's just one of those deals where, and then I start reading this passage. Now, understand me, okay? I'm not talking about excusing sin right now. Please understand that. But God has made each of us for a reason, the way we are. It says this in verse 13 of Psalms 139. For you were formed, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, and I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul's my soul knows it very well. And I love verse 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. See, I've always battled that intricate part. I think we can interject corky. And I've always wondered why God made me this way. With fear and anxiety and just issues, right? And then I was reminded one day when I was standing up here sharing the same passage of scripture and I looked out and I said, I wonder how many people are out there right now battling fear. And I wonder how many people right now are battling, battling anxiety. And I wonder people, how many people struggle with the same things that I struggle with. And the reason God made me the way I am is because he wanted to draw a church together, a faith community of people that can work through their crap together, just like we do every week in this church. Somebody please say amen to that. So maybe instead of making excuses for, I'm not talking about excuses for sin, but instead of making excuses for our quirkiness, we, gra- we gravitate to them. We, we grab them and go, you know something, there's a reason for that. And maybe God's gonna put us in positions and places that we have to minister. We get to minister to people just like that. I love the way Rick Warren says this. He says, long before you were conceived by your parents, you were conceived in the mind of God. Wow. You have a worth. You have a self-worth. You have a, a God worth. God placed you in this time, in this situation, because he has a plan for you. And here's, here's my problem. Sometimes my struggles, I'm tempted to ask God why. Did you ever ask God why? God, 
God, why, why, why did you put me in this time, in this place, or right here? Unfortunately, I've had a lot of counseling times where people go, God, why did you put me in this family? Why'd you, why, why'd you put me in this family? I couldn't, couldn't I have, I see that family seems like it's a lot better. Why? And then I have people, friends, who've said all their life, why have you given me these limitations? Whatever the limitation looks like. Can I say something really honestly? If you were not the person that God created you to be, there would be a void in the world. God's master plan would not be complete if God didn't create you just the way you were. So one of the things that I battled with for years is when we started journeying, I was trying to figure out who I was. And um, I wanted to be every other great preacher because there's lots of great preachers. So for a long time, I tried to be Andy Stanley. If you know, anybody know who Andy Stanley, big church, uh, North, North Point, great church, got a lot of students that transfer here to UGA, ended up going to the Athens uh, campus up there, great church, but I tried to be Andy Stanley. And, and, and I tried to do everything. I had, I had the table like him. I have the TV like him. I had the chair like him. When I was getting ready to make a, a serious point, I would stand up like him and I would sit down. I, I became little Andy. And it was, it was, it was interesting because I realized I, I just couldn't do that. That wasn't who I was. And then I tried to be, and this is ridiculous, T.D. Jakes. I mean, if you were here Sunday night or Friday night for our Revive night, you heard me say, I'm a Pentecostal man trapped in a Baptist man's body. Because like, that's who I am. Like, I love the excitement. I love love that. But what I realized is I could not preach like T.D. Nobody can preach like T.D. Jakes, right? I mean, if you ever heard him preach, nobody can wipe sweat and have 45 people get saved. I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, he goes, you know, that people fall down. It's just amazing to me, right? And then I tried to be, and, and then, you know, I went through that for a while, and I tried to be like Erwin McManus. He's out in California at a church uh, called Mosaic, and he's super smart, and he's like some kind of rocket scientist and all this. So I tried to, you know, like, we're going to do Adams, blah, 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 blah. And then I tried to be Joe Olstein. I got that one. And I was coming to church one day, and I was really, and you guys are going to think it's ridiculous, I was trying to figure out what, who I was going to be that day. Y'all laugh, but it was, it was a tough time. Trying to find your identity at 40 is rough. And I remember getting out of my truck right over here, and God said, Bobby, I have one of those. I already have an Andy Stanley. I already have a T.D. Jakes. I already have a Joel Osteen. I already have what I really need is a Bobby Smith. And at that moment right there, I realized that I was fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God, and he made me just the way I am for a specific purpose in my life. And maybe you don't get anything else out of this whole entire series. If you would get that one thing, that God has made you fearfully and wonderfully for a purpose. There's a reason you were put on this earth. And you you know what? I'm convinced of this. It's because God knows your full potential. You may not know it. The people around you, your spouse may not be able to see it, but God sees and knows your full potential. I love it. In verse 16, it says this in Psalms 139. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. I love that. In your book were written, every one of them. Now watch this. The days that were formed for me, meaning this, the project I have for you in life. Moses says it in Psalms 90. Teach us to number our days are right that we would gain the heart of wisdom, meaning this. Teach me to make the most of my life, that I know that what's between my birth date and my death date, that I'm doing something of substance. When we find our purpose, 
when we find our, our function, we also find our significance, I believe. See, God has a plan. Now, some of you are going, and I'm just going to tell you because I know human beings and I've been around human beings, well, now for 56 years. A lot of you are going, Pastor Bobby, but I've messed up too bad. There's, there's no way. You, you're, telling me that, you're telling me that God has a plan for me, but I've messed it up four or five times. I've been divorced. I've, I have an addiction. I have this problem. I've, I got caught doing this, all this stuff. And I'm telling you this today. God's plan is adaptive. Do you know what that means? That God knew that you were going to make those mistakes and still has a plan for you. Anybody have a GPS in your car? So last week, the, we were at Hilton Head, and I missed a turn to get to the, to the main island. And, and, and we had a, my GPS on my phone was on. And you know what it did? It was adaptive. Because I, I got off the beaten path and it said, go in four more miles, make a left. And I said, well, let's see how this works. I went past that one. Where's it going to take me, right? We had no place to be in no specific time. And you know what kept happening? It kept adapting to where we were, our position in life, to take us to Hilton Head. That's how Jesus is with us. And you know why he does it? Because he's the one that formed us. And he's the one that made us. And he knows how to fix the problem better than anybody else. I was reading about a missionary that 20-something years ago was over. I think it was in Peru. And he, he was at this really nice silver shop. And he bought this money clip. And, and, and you know, you, you, you put money. Well, one day, 24 years later, he breaks the money clip, right? So they're going back on this mission trip. And he goes, you know, I'm just going to take it back to see if that, that same place is there. So he takes this money clip back. And he walks into this silver shop. And he lays it on the counter. And the guy says, it's broke. And the guy was an older guy, and the guy start, sort of smiled a little bit, and his eyes got real big, and he goes, he, he said to the guy, he goes, can you fix it? He goes, listen, I made it. I know how to fix it. So 20-something years later, same guy that made this money clip. He goes, I know every part about it. I know exactly how to do this. Well, that's how God is with us. God made us. And so when we screw up or we make a left turn, we're supposed to make a right turn, it's adaptive. His plan for our life hasn't changed. Can I throw something else at the plan for your life hasn't changed based on your screw-ups. The plan is still there. He hasn't received and pulled that gift back. He still pours it out. Psalms 138, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures for me. Do not forsake the work of your hands. He has a plan for every one of us. Let me give you the third thing, and we're gonna, we're gonna close right here. You are created, this is really good. You are created for a purpose with a purpose. I love Jeremiah 29, 11, and I know some of you theologians are going to go, you got to take both of the promises. You got to take the one that's in 28. I get it. 28 is talking about destruction and all that kind of stuff. But I'm telling you, the first couple words of, of Jeremiah 29, 11, I think we should stand on. And, and it, it just simply says this. It says, for I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you. You know why he knows the plans? He created them. He created you. He created the moments in your life. You are put on this earth at this particular time for a, a specific purpose. And until we find that out, we're always going to be kind of searching and running around. That purpose, listen, you don't know the plans for you. Somebody say amen. You don't, know what to, you don't know what tomorrow holds. The only thing we can have any type of insight is how to correct yesterday. But what happens to us tomorrow? We have no idea. Seven days from now, seven years from now, 70 years from now. He knows because he created them. So, so, so what, what do we do with this? Well, here, here's the, one of the things. I think if we walk through life understanding that he has a purpose and a plan for us, 
And, and it's an eternal, an, an eternal thing. It changes our perspective of everything in life. There's, there's a story in the Bible. I'm, I'm, I'm writing a, a series or uh, parts of a series um, for something we're going to do next year um, leading into Easter. Um, we're going to do a whole series on grace. And we're going to go through every book of the Bible and we're going we're gonna to see the grace stories in the book of the Bible. It's based on a book called The Grace of God by Andy Stanley. And but but we're looking like man, a grace story and a grace story. And you know the Bible is filled with grace stories, but there's one there's one book of the Bible that God's never spoke of, but God is all through it, and the grace of God is all through it. And it's the book of Esther. So a lot of you have read the book of Esther. If you haven't, I'll just give you the short, just real quick, what Esther's about. Esther is uh, being held captive. Um, all the Jewish people are uh, being held captive in the Babylonian um, uh, Empire. Um, the king's name is Xerxes. He's got a, a guy by the name of Haman that is his, his right-hand man. Mordecai is Esther's uncle. And so she wins a beauty contest, and she ends up being the queen. Well, Haman finds out that she's Jewish, and she's from Jewish descent, and is going to have Xerxes kill. This sounds like something on TV, doesn't it? It's going to kill all the Jewish people. And so Mordecai, her uncle, walks up to her and says, you got to do something about it. And if you don't do something about it, your family's going to be destroyed. It's in verse 14 of chapter 4. It says, for if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise from the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And I love this next line. And who knows whether you have not come to this kingdom for such a time as this. And I want to say this to you. You were put on this earth for this time for a specific purpose. Just like Queen Esther was put there to save the Jewish nation, we, you, were put here to do something of significance for God. Can I throw something out? Because I can see it in your eyes a little bit. Oh, yeah, we're, we're getting ready for a big volunteer push. This is not about getting more volunteers. As a matter of fact, we have said this before. This is not what we want from you. This is what we want for you. When we figure out our purpose, our God-given purpose, we flourish in life. And then you know what happens? You want to serve. You want to be a vessel that God uses. You want to do things for the kingdom. You want to make his name famous. But the first thing is finding our purpose. So here's the challenge for this week, okay? So we're going to go through this five weeks. I'm going to encourage you to be here every week, okay? Um, I'm going to, uh, even like if you can't make a week, Make sure you watch it online. Don't skip a week because it's going to be that good every week. Next week, we're going to talk about the mission. So this week was purpose. Next week, we're going to talk about your mission, what your mission looks like. I'm not going to tell you that you have, you know, your gift of hospitality. You're going to do it out on your own. But what we're going to do as a faith community, and Lindsay's going to give us some instructions in a minute, is we're going to all do a gift assessment together, okay? So we're going to lead you to a place on our website that you can do it. So I want everybody doing it, figuring it out. Even if you've done one a year, because things change. Um, seasons change, personalities sometimes change, life experience changes. Um, and so we want to go through that together, okay? And then I want all of us in a faith community to read um, Psalms 139, okay? It's a, a real long chapter. If you want to just bite off that little part that we talked about today, go there. But I want, I want us to pray through it. I want us to go, okay, God, if you made me like this, can you, you, know, you design me? Can you, can you help me with my purpose? And then all of us to read together Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and making make it very personal. So it's not for we are God's workmanship, it's for I am God's workmanship. And I want us to pray through it. I'm God's workmanship. I was created in Christ for good works. 
which God, you prepared beforehand that I should walk in them. So what are those things? And so for a whole week, that's what we want to do. And every week we're going to have another challenge. Um, you know, I encourage you to participate in these. Uh, you'll only get, I heard somebody say this in our office, you only get out of things what you put in them. So if you want something that you've never had, we talked about this Friday night, you're going to have to do something you've never done. So if we want to walk in victory and find our purpose, then we, we, we can do this as a, as a faith community. We good on that? Can I pray for us real quick before we close today? Awesome. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. And I can only speak for myself. I found the greatest purpose in life when I found you or when you found me. I realized that I had a reason for living. I had a reason for being put on this planet. And so God, maybe there's some folks in here or watching online or down at Sherwood that haven't even come to grips with that yet. That you made them. And you made them to be in fellowship with you. You made them to be in relationship with you. And because of sin, we were separated from God, but because of the cross of Jesus Christ, you brought it back together. And so today, maybe there's some folks in this room right here that you haven't made that decision to follow Christ. And that's, that's the first step to finding your purpose is understanding who you are to him. There's no secret formula. There's no special prayers. Right now in your seat, you have that conversation with the heavenly father. God, I need a purpose. I, I want my purpose to be in you. Ask him to take away all the things that lead you down the wrong road and put the things that are right in your life. God, for others in this room, we have been doing this church thing for a long time and we have never, ever found our purpose. Maybe it's because we're scared. Maybe it's because, you know, maybe we're apathetic. Maybe, maybe we just don't. God, give us, a, give, us, give us a vision of what our life could be like with you, the central focus, giving us purpose. God, be with us over the next several weeks. And my prayer is, God, that we would, we would explode. Our lives would explode for you. Our, our lives would be that city on the hill that's talk, talked about in Scripture, God, that, that people would see you in us and the gifts that you've given us and the tasks that you've assigned us to. God, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for the opportunity this morning to worship as a faith community. Thank you for the fact that we have your living word that breathes life still into us. God, thank you for just visiting today with us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or would like to talk with someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.